Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning and welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of having Tatiana Londando. Uh, she is the uh, host and star of HGTV, The Property Shop. If you'd like to join the conversation, please dial in at 347-324-3460. Again, uh, 347-324-3460, or you can email us at info at the core business show. We're going to take a break for a moment and take a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. You listen to The Core Business Show. You're listening to The Core Business Show. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to the core. Once again, here's Tim Chicane. Welcome back, everybody. Tatiana, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, our listeners really love to hear personal stories from uh, uh, entrepreneurs. So, if you don't mind, tell us about how you guys started, uh, where you're from, and and we can go from there. No problem. Well, I'm calling you from uh, Montreal, Canada, and um, I've um, I'm lucky enough. To uh, own a real estate brokerage firm, I have over 100 agents, two locations, um, setting up a third, um, and I've done this in uh, five years. I, I have been an agent for 10, but I opened up the business, the brokerage business, about mm-hmm. five years ago. Um, I also had the luck of um, landing um, an HGTV TV show. Um, that was internationally syndicated. Um, so, thank God the Americans bought it. <laughs> sold it all over the place. They sold it to South America, to Europe. So my show is playing everywhere. It's playing in Italy. It's playing where my parents are from, Colombia. Oh, wow. Uh, South America. Yeah, it's playing in Mexico. It's playing all over the place. So um, I've uh, gotten a lot of um, success because of that show and uh we've kept going we haven't uh we stopped uh, filming the show about two years ago and my company is still growing and uh i was also lucky enough to have my own radio show um here and uh you know i get the quotes in the newspapers all the time and it's, it's a lot of fun uh, magazines interviewing me and it's uh i guess i've done a lot for uh 
a young lady in the business of real estate, and uh, I'm happy to share some of that knowledge today with you. Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate it. No problem. When you began, uh, what got you into this particular industry, the uh, the real estate industry? Well, it's funny. Um, I never thought I would be a, a salesman, a, a real estate agent. Um, I, uh, I, I started in the call center business, um, and then uh, the FTC toughened up the rules, and I had just had a baby, and I really didn't want to... Uh, you know, it was a lot of work to keep up with the rules, the do not call list, et cetera. And I just thought it was getting to uh, th- that industry was getting a little low end, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the reputable, uh, you know, call centers were being mixed up with the unreputable ones. So I just, it was something I wasn't interested in doing anymore. Um, at the same time, I had just had my second child and my dad, my dad's a real estate agent, always has been, about 25 years, probably 30 years at this point. And he said, Tatiana, why don't you get your real estate course, do your real estate course, get your license? And I was like, well, Daddy, there's already a real estate agent in the family. Why do we need another? He goes, because you're a great salesman. Um, and uh, I said, well, okay. He goes, you could do really well in this business. So while I was on maternity, I uh, took um, the real estate course, and I never looked back. And uh, I made my first sale six weeks into the business. And when I got my commission check, I said, whoa, I don't understand why real estate agents aren't, like, multimillionaires. And I'm sure there's some of them, but Mm -hmm. I would expect more with the kind of commissions we make. And I just loved it. And I was like, if I could do this, you know, ten times in a year, that would equal over $100,000. Then that formula turned into, if I could do this 20 <laughs> times in a year, if I could do that 30 times, hey, if I could get an assistant and she takes care of all this paperwork, um, then maybe I could do it 60 times in a year and so on and so on. I just uh, I just loved what I did. Um, I would work hard, uh, get listings, sell them, and I just thought, this is amazing. And I've had luck. I have this really big hair. I have... Uh, I've been famous for my hair all over the place. I go to the Bahamas. I just, I'm telling you, I go to the. I went to the Bahamas in May, okay, and I'm at Atlantis, and we're in a casino, obviously, and uh, I'm there, and people are stopping me. They're like, "You're Tatiana. You're that girl from that show." I'm like, "Yeah, that's me. The hair. We love the hair." So my claim to fame, believe it or not, has been the hair. So when I was um, uh, you know, uh, advertising, mm-hmm. I always include a picture of myself and when I was cold calling, because that's the secret of my success, because I started in the call center industry, I wasn't shy and I'd cold call and I had no problem calling complete strangers on the phone asking them if they wanted to sell their house. And then I didn't even say my name. I'd say I'm that agent that, you know, with the big curly hair that you see in the newspaper every week. And they knew exactly who I was. Wow. So, yeah. And, you know, if I was in the States or if I was in Toronto, it would have been even easier. Here I had to even speak French, right? Because <laughs> I live in Quebec. And in Montreal, Quebec, if you don't speak French and you're a salesman, good luck to you. So here I was with my broken French, with my English. And I just kept going and going and it was working and I just didn't stop. Um, then I opened the. Then I was asked to be on an HGTV show called Buy Me. Okay, mm-hmm. and I was so grateful to get that call because I had seen the show. It was about real estate agents, and 
I didn't know the TV business at the time, and I was like, wow, they're calling me. Little did I know, they called every agent in the city, okay? Wow. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, I did it. I didn't get paid to do it. They said, listen, you're going to be on TV. So I said, all right. So I didn't get paid to do it. I did it. But the thing about me is, like, I tell it like it is. So people were really like, wow, who is that girl with the big hair who tells Mm -hmm. it like it is? So then I became even more uh, famous. And, oh, I saw you on Buy Me. I saw you on Buy Me. Then I got a call. It's just a great story. I get a call. (laughs) So this is like three years into the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get a call, and I'm making money. I have my assistant. Everyone's happy. Uh, Girls are coming to learn from me. Like, hey, Tatiana, I want to be on your team, blah, blah, blah. Um, I get a call. So I did the show. I get a call from a production company in Toronto. And they were like, yeah, we saw you on Buy Me, and we have a brand-new TV show, and we want you to be the star of our new TV show. And the TV what the show was Property Virgins. I'm sure you've heard of Property Virgins. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I went. I did an audition. I got the job. The thing is, this was in Toronto. Now, Toronto is six hours away from Montreal, Canada, and my children, I had a budding family with, like, little kids, like... Uh, my son was three, my daughter was four, and um, it just wasn't going to work because I knew how tough the business is. Could you imagine being in another city filming a TV show? Absolutely. I, I never would have seen, yeah, you know, I wouldn't see my kids. My husband would have divorced me. Like, it was just crazy. So, unfortunately, I didn't take that opportunity. It just didn't work out within the cards for me. So, Sandra Reno-Matto, who's a friend of mine today, she took the job. Um, and then, again, like it was meant to be, I got offered another TV gig from another production company just because I did that one Buy Me show. Wow. Um, They say when opportunity comes knocking, go get it. Um, Don't think twice. Just do it. You know, the Nike slogan, just do it. It's Mm -hmm. really, it it works. And uh, I remember when I did that one Buy Me episode, everyone was like, if you're not getting paid, why are you doing it? Uh, or they would say, you know, I've heard stories about agents who do that show and it's a pain in the ass and it gets in the way of your job. And I was like, well, if it's an opportunity to be on international TV, I'm doing it. Absolutely. And doing my job, I'm doing it. What do I care? The cameras are following me. And you see, and that led to all those opportunities. And then finally, the one that I took was the the, the property shop. They asked me here. It was out of Montreal. And nobody knows it's from Montreal. A lot of people think it's Toronto, but it's in Montreal. It's a film there. We did a couple of episodes in Los Angeles, um, but um, that property shop, I did it. I did four, uh, 39 episodes. We had three seasons, and they just keep playing over and over and over again. And yeah, I was lucky enough to do that. I could go on and on. The story yeah. just gets better. <laughs> now, with the property shop, is it was their own brand, and they just uh, look for a host to host the property shop, or was yeah, actually what happens is HGTV at the time um, they're doing their own productions now, but HGTV would hire a production company to do uh, like so production companies would pitch shows to HGTV, mm-hmm. and HGTV would say, okay, great, we'll we'll sign up with you on this show, and then they'd partner up with the owner of the production company with the mm-hmm. producer. And they would just put the show on TV. So all these little shows you see, like um, House Hunters, House Hunters International, or you see the um, the British shows, you know, mm-hmm. Property Shop. Uh, sorry, uh, HGTV would buy those shows. So that's what they did. So they hired this production company in Montreal to do it. But it, obviously it was a production company that had been doing business with them forever, right? Mm-hmm. 
they were famous, and so they uh, they got this show on TV. It originally started in Canada, and then the Americans liked it so much they bought it, and the rest is history. Wow! So taking that uh, when you on the show when you first started. Uh, it was really your agency, and they just took the label, the property shop, and you still ran? Exactly. So the name of my agency is Londono Realty Group, Inc., mm-hmm. my last name, Realty Group, Inc. Um, and, um, yeah, so they, you know, boring name, Londono Realty Group, Inc., also because they wanted, like, they were the owners of the show, they didn't want any issues with me, so they said, we need to call your agency something else just for the sake of the show. I follow so I wanted to originally call my agency the property shop. I thought it was a cute name, um, and I didn't because the uh, language rules here in Quebec are very strict. Um, so the property shop cannot be translated properly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't sound the same. It sounds ridiculous, actually, in French. La boutique de propriété, it sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I said, you know what, just call it my last name, Londono Realty Group Inc., and that's how I came up with the name of the company. But, you know, when Property Shop was looking for a name, I said, why don't you use this name? And they loved it, and they used it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's their brand. Okay. HGTV owns the brand. Now, when you walk in, when you first started, you now you have your your agency. What uh, what type of bumps in the road that you have when you actually start your agency? We've seen some of those things in the episodes, but behind the scenes in real in real life, what mm-hmm. type of struggles did you run across when you actually decide to open your doors? Well, when I decided to open the doors, um, there were many struggles. Um, first of all, money. When you're starting a business, you need access to, to money, and um, we had just closed the business down, and we're paying off, clo- you know, like the taxes and uh, bills uh, when we closed that business. So money wasn't, uh, you know available to us uh, the way I would have needed money available to me uh, opening a business. So basically, I used line of credit, I used credit cards, um, and I used, you know, um, my own commissions as, um, you know, um, equity uh, to build my business. Um, So that was number one, like the actual, okay, I have to get a lease. I have to pay the rent, but you know, business was so good that I just everything that I made, I put sink into the business. So if we're talking about when I opened the agency, yeah. So um, the lease, um, I had to pay for furniture, I had to pay for office equipment, I had to pay for reception desk, reception area, I had to mm-hmm. pay for the agents. So all these things are uh, costs of doing business, and so that requires money. So that's number one. So if you're opening a business, make sure you have enough money to sustain yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of people think that you could just open a business and, you know, like you have to invest. So you have to have a little nest egg to survive while you're doing those first steps. Number two, um, actually recruiting agents was difficult because I was a nobody. I wasn't a Remax. I wasn't a uh, Royal Page. I wasn't a... I don't know, like all these other huge agencies that are out there, mm-hmm. Keller Williams, um, this sort of thing. Um, I was just my last name, and I didn't expect to grow. I just thought I was going to do a little boutique-type agency. With my goal at the time, if you, you see the first episode, was to have a boutique agency with 15 agents, one five, 15 agents. 
Um, and today we're over 100 agents and growing, and I'm beating uh, in numbers the Remax that's just down the street. Now, we, um, yeah. Now, if you take the Remax, why don't you go with a a franchise like Remax or Keller Williams? That's a great that's a great question because at the time, because my first uh, my first agency was Remax. Okay, mm-hmm. so I left Remax because I was headhunted to Sutton. That's um, I don't I believe you have Sutton in the state, but here it's a national brand. Um, and Sutton asked me to come in, and I loved the way they treated me. So I went with Sutton, and then I said, okay, I'm bored. I'm going to open my own agency. The only reason I opened my own agency was to be in control of my own money because they would take their time paying out. Um, if the administrator or the accounts payable was on vacation, I wouldn't get paid. So I said, I don't have to go through this. I'm one of the top agents here, and I have to wait for a paycheck. Forget it. I'm opening my own agency. That's the only reason I opened my own agency. Um, and so at the time, the REMAX guy came back to me, the owner of one of the REMAX franchises here, and offered me um, the opportunity to open a REMAX. I said to him, I'd, cons- I'd consider it. But if I got the TV show, because at the time we had already sent the demo in to HGTV for the TV show, I said, if I get the TV show, I'd be an idiot to open a Remax. Why would I give all this publicity to Remax? Um, if, if I get the TV show, I'm just opening on my name. Mm-hmm. And again, the rest is history. So now I'm bigger than the Remax, which is the same franchise that asked me to join them. So down the street, Remax, Ducarte, um, our numbers are higher than theirs. Wow. And I'm proud to say so. Um, and yeah, and it's with my immigrant Londano Realty Group last name. That just shows you it's all crap. In other words, if you work hard, you'll achieve your dreams. And if you just keep going up that mountain, you'll achieve your dreams. Just don't let the negativity and the crap get you. You're going to experience lows every once in a while, mm-hmm. but with every low, that means there must have been a high. Um, you 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 give and you take, and uh, it's just it's absolutely wonderful. My life, my lifestyle, um, the relationship I have with uh, uh, my business partner, um, who happens to be my ex-husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just it, everything has worked out like a dream. It's all wonderful. Wow! So I, a couple of episodes you're uh, with a new agent. Do you have to be really uh, a full-time uh, agent? Uh, you... Yes, absolutely. Okay. You're reading my mind. What's your sign? Say again? What's your sign? What's your sign? When is your birthday? Uh, August. August. So you're a Virgo or a Leo? Leo. <laughs> I just, because you're reading my mind, I thought you were an air sign anyway. Yes, <laughs> I believe I believe in the hokey pokey. Um, so, um, yeah, Um when you are an agent, like when you decide to become a real estate agent, okay, mm-hmm. you need to do it full-time. It's like any other business, okay? If you're going to do it part-time, if you're going to open a business part-time, it's not going to happen. If you're going to open, a, let's just say, a Starbucks cafe um, and you just show up half-time, guess what? The employees are going to steal from you. It's going to close down very soon. Um, the same thing with real estate. If you've decided to choose real estate as a career, okay, You've got to do it full-time. Just like if you've decided to be a doctor, you've got to do it full-time. I don't understand why people think that real estate could be done part-time. It can't if you want to be successful. No problem. Um, and therefore, if you want to be successful and achieve big goals and big dreams, 
you got to do it full time and make sure you quit any other job you had before and make sure you invest money and reinvest and market yourself, et cetera, et cetera, and have a nest egg because by the time the money comes in, a couple of months will have gone by and you need to feed yourself. So it's just like any other business. So um, that's why I always insist on the agents joining my agency. they got to do it full time because then six months into it, they're surprised as to why they haven't made it. Well, could it be because you are putting your efforts in another job? That's probably why. Absolutely. People are very afraid to let go of the secure paycheck. Well, you can't have both ways. You can't have the secure paycheck and uh, become a real estate millionaire. Um, any big um, business out there, uh, somebody took a huge risk. Mm-hmm. So it's the same as real estate. Now, when you actually go into uh, uh, a new agent workshop, what do you actually tell them? Uh, they're just graduating from real estate school, going to take their license. And they try to look at your particular world, what made you successful. What advice do you give them to motivate them? Say, hey, yeah, full time. You have to do it full time. You got to give it a chance. What else do you say to them to make them take that leap of faith? You got to get organized. Um, you got to follow the rules of ethics because a lot of times when you're just starting out, you break the rules and you, you get in big trouble. And here they're very strict. I'm assuming they're very strict everywhere. Um, you got to have a supported spouse or partner who is going to understand when you come home at 11 o'clock at night and all hours of the evening because most people who own real estate work during the day, so therefore they only want to see you sign contracts at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I give advice to women to be safe and to, you know, uh, don't fall for the stories that men give them because a lot of the real estate out there is owned by men. Um, and therefore, you know, the young pretty girls sometimes get into trouble because they uh, believe everything they're being told. So I give advice to the young girls, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I I give lots of advice. I do that a lot, actually. I go to schools and I give people advice. I tell them, you know, like that you need to save your money because what happens is you start making the big bucks and you start buying the cars and the clothes, and especially the young ones. Um, and, you know, you're a baller, and then guess what happened? <laughs> you're working from paycheck to paycheck to pay off your credit card, and you're stuck in nothing. Real estate, um, you can reap huge rewards, but you've got to organize yourself um, like any other business. I also give them advice to reinvest their money in uh, real estate and uh, to actually um, buy real estate for themselves. Um, I tell them they got to invest in a nice car and have a car. A lot of people get into real estate and they don't have a car. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, <laughs> get a car, and then as soon as you start making the money, get yourself a nice car because you've got to represent. You know, if you want to make a million dollars, you've got to act as if you own a million dollars. So the least you could do is look good. I don't care if you wear the same suit every single day. Make sure it's nice and clean and you look good and you show up in a nice car. Uh, people like to see that. If you're driving around in, sh- in a crap box, <laughs> then um, people will say, well, how successful could that person be? Um, I, I, I tell them to read books. Um, I tell them to watch The Secret. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, to be positive and to uh, not look back and just go for their dreams. And, to, again, I'll say it again, do it full time. Do it full time. And you mentioned read books. What type of books they should read? Oh my God! The Little Red Book of Selling is one that I uh, I push. Um, and who is by? Um, oh, I'd have to check it out. Um, I don't have the actual author on on me right now, but it's uh, the Little Red Book of Selling, and he has the Little Red Book of Buying as well. Okay. Um, I'm sure you could Google it. Um, then there's also um, 
uh, Tony Robbins, uh, Unleash, Unleash the Giant Within. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge uh, fan and follower of uh, Tony Robbins. Um, he's amazing. Um, I also um, tell everybody to watch The Secret. You know, a lot of people think it's mumbo-jumbo, blah, blah, blah. It's not true. I, I actually, you know, Oprah did a show on it. I actually live my life like that. Like, I remember when I was working at the call center, um, when I started, because I had my own call center before that I worked at the call center, and I remember one of the managers there, like, he used to say to me, Tatiana, you're such a show-off. You know, now you're saying you want to be on TV? Because I always used to say, I belong on TV. Mm-hmm. I make people laugh. I tell it like it is. You know, I'm telling you, I belong on TV. I'm going to be on TV one day. And I remember Jacob used to say to me, he was the other manager there, and he'd be like, Tatiana, give me a break. Like, who ends up on TV? Like, come on. How could you be on TV? Like, what do you do to be on TV? And I ended up on TV because I believe in that. I believe in, uh, you know, working yourself. I believe in taking care of yourself. I believe in, the, you know, positive affirmations, incantations, all sorts of stuff. You, you know what? To be... Uh, a full person in life, you know, you like to, to, to actually enjoy life and to maximize everything out of mm-hmm. life, you've got to be on a strict regimen. You really do. And then after a while, it's, it's not about rules. It's about just living your life, you know. It's about waking up early, going to bed late. It's about enjoying every moment. It's about exercising. It's about taking care of yourself. It's, and then you'll see when you do that, you get um, ideas like divine inspiration. It's crazy. Like when you're healthy and you're eating right and you're exercising, mm-hmm. all great things come to you. Now you mentioned early, um, earlier about being uh, about the honesty that you you tell your your clients. Uh, some people be most likely they'd be afraid to say exactly what they really mean or. Give us an example of honesty that you had to tell uh, oh the, the homeowner. I, I, I'm still in shock um, as to what homeowners um, don't hear from their agents. Um, you need to tell your, 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 your client that you need to clean up your house. You know, like a lot of people are afraid to tell their clients what to do. So on one of my first TV gigs on, on Buy Me, this guy had this horrible lamp on top of his dining room um, in the dining room, sorry. And I said, get rid of the lamp, get something like a little more, uh, I don't know, modern. And they thought, well, Tatiana, does, really, does the lamp actually make the entire room? I go, yeah, because as soon as you walk in, all you do is stare at this ugly lamp. And that's how I would say it to people, ugly lamp. So, you know, people would probably take offense once in a while, but mm-hmm. most of them respected my honesty. I'll give you another example. Um, when somebody smokes in their house, you got to tell them you're not allowed to smoke in your house anymore. If you're selling your home, okay, I understand it's your home, but you're selling it. So someone else is going to buy it. And if you want that to happen, you got to start smoking outside and really clean up your house. Like clean it with soap, water, burn some coffee in there, um, and get some uh, plug-ins because your house stinks of cigarettes. You know, I once sold an apartment. Mm-hmm. You looked up in the ceiling, it was yellow because of all the cigarette smoking he'd do in the apartment. Could you imagine someone walking in there, smelling and then looking at the yellow on the ceiling? He'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to get cancer just walking into this room. This is what people think. So I asked him to paint the ceiling, stop smoking in the house, get some plug-ins in there, wash the walls with soap, 
And he did that, and I was able to sell the place. Wow. And what about pets? Yeah, people love their, their pets. They're like children to people, and I understand that. But that doesn't mean that the person visiting your house feels the same way about animals that you do. So as for pets, you've got to get them out of the house, especially if they're dogs. Cats, they're able to hide. They usually do. Um, but dogs, when they bark or greet people by jumping on them, that's going to help your sales. So go, go for a walk with the dog, uh, and please make sure you get, ready, get rid of any dog odors in the house. Um, as for actual um, owner being in the house, that's another piece of advice. When you're showing a house, please make sure the owner's not in the house because no one's going to feel comfortable buying a house when the owner's standing there staring at you or giving their two cents. Um, when somebody wants to buy a house, they're going to take their time, they're going to sit down on your furniture, they're going to look around, they want to get comfortable, and if the owner's there, they can't do that. So I always advise my clients, when I'm showing the house, could you please leave? Things like that. Agents are sometimes afraid to tell their clients, and then they wonder why they didn't sell the house. I'm not afraid of anything. This is my business. No one puts food on my table. So I will do what I have to do. I've been doing this for 10 years. I tell people what to do because guess what? I'm the real estate expert, and if you don't like it, then hire someone else. That's it. Wow. And the last two questions real quick. For a new agent that's coming in, um, how important open houses and uh, call calling? What advice do you tell them? How, what do I need to do to get started right away? When you get started, you have to cold call and you've got to get clients. You've got to, uh, the, the top three things I say you've got to do to get clients, because that's the thing, they finish school and they don't, they don't know what to do. So number one, you've got to schmooze. Schmooze means you just got to go out there with your business card, go out, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, go out for dinner, give out your card. Nobody has to know you're a new agent, okay? If you know what you're doing, nobody has to know. Just give out your card, this is what I do. Just make people aware that this is what you do. Mm-hmm. Be that annoying person at parties. Go to the church events. Go to the uh, you know the weddings. Go where you're invited to go. Show up and give out your card. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your mother. Tell your sister. Your eye doctor. Your baker. Your butcher. That's what you do. Number two, you need to start calling the for sale by owners. There's a lot of for sale by owners out there. Call them up and tell them, guess what? You could sell if you like on your own, but let me get the MLS contract. I will help you sell your home. I'll bring you clients. I'll bring you an offer, and it's up to you if you want to take it or not. Number three, call the expired listings. The expired listings that um, expire every day on MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, grab them and call them up and say, hey, I don't know what your other agent did, but I'm your agent. I'm going to sell your house. So that's what you've got to do. You've got to get clients, um, and then after you have the clients, that's when you start advertising because there's no point of advertising when you have no business. You're spending your money for nothing. Open house, I believe, it's my opinion, open house are a thing of the past. Okay. Why? Because of the Internet. Nowadays, everybody's on their phone, everybody's on their iPad, everybody's on their computer. So as soon as the house comes out, it's on the computer. You don't need to do open house anymore. If someone's interested, they're going to show up. Um, an agent who's doing their job is going to find an open house. You can't even qualify the, 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 the client because most people are just walking by and they walk in. Open house is just a way to get buyers or to make friends with the snoopy neighbors. I really don't believe in open house anymore. I think it's a thing of the past because of the Internet. 
Um, and, and yeah, so that's, that's my opinion. If, if my clients want an open house, okay, I'll do one. But um, honestly, with today's um, technology, open house is a thing of the past. Okay. And the expectation of new buyers, uh, I think with the last five years with Home and Garden, uh, HDTV has really risen the expectations of uh, buyers today. Yeah. Uh, how have that really impacted this particular industry? Has it put a little bit more strain on the uh, the owners to make their property showcase ready? Uh, what type of dynamics has that played a part with the owners and also with the agents today? Um, I truly believe that, um, you know, buyers are very fickle nowadays, especially that it's, you know, in Montreal it's a balanced market, um, but I know in, in the States it's, it's basically um, it's getting better, much better all over the place in, in, in America, but um, it's also a buyer's market. So basically um, you've got to make sure your place looks good. You've got to make sure that you took care of that little patch on the wall. You've got to make sure that you're keeping up with the Joneses, in other words, Guess what? Your kitchen is 20 years old. It's time to redo it. Oh well, the new owner could redo it. Well, if the new owner, can, if there is a new owner, because maybe no one will buy yours because your kitchen is is dated. So yeah, um, yeah, you're right. HGTV, uh, you know, has uh, or all these uh, decorating channels have really put pressure on uh, sellers and agents to do a proper job. Um, and guess what? People aren't buying just anything. There's a lot of product out there, so make sure that your curb appeal is, is perfect and that when you walk in there, it looks great. Um, keep up with the trends as well because, uh, you know, aesthetics sell property. Okay. And the when it comes to the struggling agent, what advice do you have for the struggling agent? We have a question. Struggling agent just has to work harder. There's no reason for an agent to be struggling whatsoever. I don't believe in struggle. I believe that that person is doing something wrong. Well, what do you mean, Tatiana? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That means they're not calling enough. That means they're not schmoozing enough. That means they're not trying hard. Okay? There's no reason for somebody to be struggling if they just do the ABCs of real estate and, you know, always be calling. There's absolutely no reason for an agent to be struggling out there if he is doing everything he can do. Now, if it's a depressed market where nothing's selling, that's a different story. Eventually, the market will go up again. Um, but if you're in a healthy um, real estate environment um, that has nothing to do with economics, um, then um, the economic state of a city or country, mm-hmm. then there's no reason for a real estate agent. To okay, the last question here she has is uh, how to deal with difficult owners. Should I walk away at the very beginning? How to deal with a difficult, um, a difficult owner. So basically, um, I've had difficult owners in the past. Um, you know, you give it a try, but sometimes these difficult owners don't end up selling, and then you're wasting your time, your advertising money, and your patience um, on people who just don't deserve it. Um, when you're a struggling agent, meaning a struggling agent, but when you're trying hard, um, I understand that you can't be getting rid of every difficult owner because, you know, there's a... It takes everyone to make the world go around, different mm-hmm. types of people. Um, you know, maybe you should consider co-lifting. Sometimes these people get along with um, pe- one kind of person rather than another. And if it still doesn't work after your co-lifting, then it's time to walk away. Because sometimes these difficult people, they don't end up showing up to the notary, uh, to the lawyer's office or the closing. Um, and... Um, 
And, yeah, so, yeah, just be careful. You don't want to go crazy out there either, you know. There's a lot of crazy people out there. Okay. And what you like to leave us with, um, your advice, um, your secret sauce to the audience? Um, I truly believe that you should keep on, uh, you know, keep um, achieving new goals. You know, once you've achieved the goal, get another goal going. Um, keep improving yourself every day. Um, keep working hard because I know what happens. There's ups and downs, and when you're in business and you're successful, sometimes you tend to get lazy, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm pretty happy this way. I have everything I want, you know, and then what tends to happen is business goes down when you're comfortable because you're comfortable. You always have to set yourself new goals, achieve new things. Um, they say you either grow or you die. So um, that's what you need to do, and I promise you, life is an adventure. Keep going, keep working, and, uh, you know, the fruits of your efforts will just pay back in the long run. Look at my kids today. They go to wonderful schools. They are happy. They have everything they need. They're good kids, too. I'm Like my daughter right now, she's at a leadership camp in Toronto. I'm able to, she's able to do these things because her mom and dad are able to afford such things, and, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with making money um, and uh, doing it right. And, uh, and yeah, everyone could have a wonderful life of abundance if they work hard. But in order for this to come into your life, you've got to keep setting new goals. So just keep just keep doing it. Just do it. Just do it. That's, we're yeah. going to leave it at. <laughs> Tatiana. Thank you for the call. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Take care, darling. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Again, this has been another production. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For more information about equipment financing and asset-based loans, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. Or call us at 866-611-7457. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. And thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.